In June, about a month after Democratic state lawmakers and Governor Kathy Hochul agreed on a state spending plan, the Division of Budget released a revised financial plan for New York, which projected New York policymakers will be facing a $9 billion budget deficit next year, and more than $13 billion in each of the following years. The budget officials in the Hochul administration blamed the gaps on downward revisions of projected tax receipts. But how concerned should New Yorkers be about the prospects of actually closing these hypothetical deficits? To answer that question and more, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Nathan Gustorf, Executive Director of the Fiscal Policy Institute, which recently issued a report on the state's budget forecasting. Welcome back to the show, Nathan. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. So for starters, can you explain what it means to project a future budget gap? Because it's not like New York is out of money as we speak, right? That's right. And and this is an important question. The state as, as it's supposed to, does fiscal forecasting for multiple years. So uh, about every quarter, the state releases a financial plan that says essentially what's in the budget, where our tax revenues come from and how much we're getting in tax revenue, and also what the state is spending on. And that itself is actually a forecast because they don't know exactly how much we're going to get in tax receipts or even how much we're going to spend in the remainder of this fiscal year. But part of that plan of coming up with financial projections is also about looking at the three fiscal years that come after the current fiscal year. And so for each of those future years, they're also projecting spending and projecting revenue. And that's a very important thing for the division of budget to do because it's how we get a sense of uh, what we expect to spend in, in those years. We know what the trends are and we have some sense of whether it's balanced. At the same time, sometimes you might look at those projections and treat them as either matters of fact or not see the way in which they're connected to underlying economic trends. In reality, of course, there's a substantial amount of uncertainty in doing that kind of projection because in particular, when it comes to tax receipts, they're totally dependent on underlying economic trends, right? If we have a recession, that means that people will make less money or they'll be out of a job and so you'd have lower tax revenues. If we don't have a recession, expect higher growth and higher tax revenues. And that's just in the next few months, uh, much less two to three years from now, which is the full term of those projections. So when you really understand what's going into the calculation of a budget gap, and you see that it's multi-year, that there's, a you know, it's really about projecting the course of the economy over that multi-year period, you start to appreciate how much complexity and uncertainty is involved in coming up with those numbers. Well, historically, how reliable are short-term budget projections, say, for a year? And what about as you go further out, say, two or three years? This is also a really interesting issue, and it's what we've been looking at recently at the Fiscal Policy Institute and have a, uh, a report that we've just released because we wanted to see what the pattern is historically. The way that those projections are done is not that different from how you might do your home budgeting or your budgeting for a business, which is you want to be a little bit cautious about how you project your future revenues, right? You wouldn't want to overestimate how much of a raise or a bonus you'll get. If you're doing business, you wouldn't want to overestimate how much you're going to sell. So similarly, the division of budget tends to be a little bit conservative about projecting revenues in future years. 
Similarly, it tends to err on the side of overestimating spending, again, just as you would doing home or business budgeting. And so what we found when you look at about the last 15 years of financial plans is that you typically get projected budget gaps that are around 5% of the state's general fund, which you can think of as around $5 billion. And typically, we would say those budget gaps disappear as that projection turns into the current fiscal year. So one year out, you would expect to see something like a 5% budget gap. But then as we get into that fiscal year, the budget would end up balanced. So that's, yes, about future out years. They tend to be a little bit higher in future out years on the order of 6 to to 8% for the second and third out years. But it's a similar pattern where you kind of have that projected out year budget gap. And then as you actually get into that year, the numbers even out and the budget basically balances out. So is it the case that the budget figures magically fix themselves between the initial projection and say three years later? Or do things happen that state policymakers might initiate like controlling spending or increasing taxes to help close the gap, which explain why when you actually get to that point a few years down the road, the gap isn't actually there? Or is it the case that the projections are just bad and economic conditions are what lead to the gap not materializing the way it might have been projected? It's a combination of all of those factors. And you really have to look at how big the projected budget gap is. So we categorized all these different projections and saw that in many years, those moderate budget gaps of around 5%, what we would think of as routine gaps, those actually closed without significant policy action. So, you know, there are always changes to the budget, but really those we would say were not structural gaps. They didn't really need real policy changes in order to go away. Uh, There were years, of course, where policy had to be changed either by raising taxes or by finding ways to cut spending in order to balance the budget. And we identified those years as significant budget gaps or really much more concerning budget gaps. And we showed that those were rare, but those tend to happen as you would expect in times of economic crisis or recession. So say following the global financial crisis, New York, like many states, faced very serious fiscal pressures and significant policy action had to be taken to close budget gaps. However, the typical pattern is what what we would call a routine budget gap, where it does just kind of eliminate itself, essentially. And we, we would be careful to say that it's not about bad forecasting. It's just that this is a sound kind of conservative fiscal management practice of being careful in the forecasting. And the consequence of, of that care and caution is that those routine gaps disappear. For listeners just joining us, we're speaking with Nathan Gustorf, Executive Director of the Fiscal Policy Institute, and we're talking about how to think about projected budget gaps in New York's future. Is this all just kabuki theater, Nathan? Is this just uh, the division of budget putting its thumb on the scale, so to speak, to try to create conditions leading into negotiations with the legislature and the governor? Or is this a a meaningful art form as it's practiced in Albany historically? You know, we think it's meaningful and we think it's important to to take a pretty cautious approach to doing these projections because it really is better to err on the side of caution 
and ending up with a surplus at the end of the year, as opposed to say overspending and, and really pushing the state into a deficit situation. However, we would just add this caveat that it's important to understand what's actually going on in these projections and not to treat them strictly as matters of fact or to do what you might be inclined to do, which is sum up all those out your budget gaps and say, okay, we've got a $36 billion uh, hole in our budget and we have to find a way to close it. We would say, just understand uh, that these are projections, they're multi-year projections, here's how to make sense of them. And so then as we go into negotiating the budget, uh, factor in those caveats and don't leap to the conclusion that this means that the whole budgetary exercise has to be finding ways to slash spending. And in terms of the root cause of the out-year gaps in particular, is the division of budget pointing to anything in particular? Are, are there economic indicators that they're highlighting? Or does it lean more towards structural issues? Are they saying, wow, we, we passed some pretty bad budgets the last couple of years and spending is going to be out of control in the next few years? Where are they leaning? So there are a few different big policy themes or trends that you'd have to look at here. And they're all pretty interesting. Um, one economically is that for a long time, a lot of people were expecting a, a recession in the near term. And fortunately, those expectations have gone down to the point where now many economists and especially institutional economic forecasters like the Congressional Budget Office think that there's a relatively low likelihood of a recession. So that's certainly a good sign for the state's fiscal outlook and should mean that we have stronger tax receipts. A separate data point or thing to look at would be the causes to the state's downward revisions to its revenue expectations. And we spoke about that a few months ago, I think, but that actually really comes from the fact that in April we had lower tax receipts than expected um, for a few sort of technical reasons, some having to do with the weaknesses of the stock market in 2022, also having to do with some very technical particularities in the state's uh, pass-through entity tax that is a workaround um, to the state and local tax deduction limitation. But since those April tax receipts, tax receipts have been much more stable and in line with projections or over projections. So while we understand that those low April receipts brought about this downward revision to revenue, we're still observing the data, but so far it looks like that doesn't really point to a longer term structural trend. And so the way you formulated it, I think is right, which is you have to ask, is this a sort of fundamental structural imbalance that's causing these budget gaps or is this about volatility and projections and ups and downs in month-to-month -month revenue collections? And our best guess at the moment is that it's really the latter. And we'll have to keep on looking at monthly tax receipts to see how it all plays out. But we think the, the signs are good that it was more of a kind of one-off single month issue that brought about these downward revisions and that we don't have a structurally imbalanced budget. 
Well, it's interesting to hear you point out the April issue as an anomaly because the Division of Budget, like you said, cited the April tax receipts in their revised forecast. But in July, when they had another chance to provide an update to the financial plan, they argued that there were just some modest uh, changes to the state's fiscal conditions and the information that they had collected since the previous report a few weeks earlier. But in that time, they had gotten some additional tax receipt information, like you just talked about, for May and potentially even June. So when we think about that financial plan that came out in July, should they have had some revisions to their out-year budget gap? Should they have potentially tapered those downward uh, projections? You know, it's a good question, but they only had a few more months of data. And I think we similarly want to see more information to think about how to revise that trend. They obviously have access to all kinds of information that we don't have access to in terms of how you actually break down the subcategories of those receipts. But I I can't speak too specifically to where they're coming from. I think we're all probably waiting to see what the projections are in the next financial plan. And we'll want to compare that to updated economic indicators so that we're not, you know, look, one challenge in doing this kind of analysis and doing these forecasts is figuring out how to fit together the fiscal piece of the tax dollars that the state gets every month and the economic piece of what are indicators in terms of labor market trends and personal income trends. And we hope that that will kind of square, that it'll make sense to have an upgraded fiscal outlook consistent with an upgraded economic outlook. So I think we'll have to see the next financial plan to to get a clearer sense of how the division of budget is fitting those pieces together. Well, we've been speaking with Nathan Gustorf. He's the executive director of the Fiscal Policy Institute. Nathan, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, David. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.